Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Tamar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit on the subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. Now with our expert series, welcome back to the Leader's Life Podcast, psychedelics coach, Colton. What's up, my man? What's up, my brother? Thanks for having me back. Man, thank you for coming back. And yes, I introduced Colton as a psychedelics coach because let me just give you a little bit of background. Colton was on this podcast a few months ago and still the, the greatest salesperson I know, Sales Ninja, gave a lot of awesome tips, but Colton's passion is psychedelics. So just to jump right into this, why have you decided to become a psychedelics coach? Yeah, great question. I mean, and and by the way, I love the feedback that I got from the last time I was on so many people reaching out specifically about business, but like you mentioned, my passion is psychedelics. And I think to take that a step further, it's not just psychedelics. It's really more a function of what helped me helping others. I think the greatest gift we can give to somebody is something they can't necessarily give themselves. And so self-diagnosing, self-medicating, whatever you might want to call it, Psychedelics were an opportunity for me to unpack what was holding me back in my life. And I have a really checkered childhood, you know, grew up with some monkeys and there were some paths that I could have easily gone down, but by healing some of what people would call generational trauma, I was able to take a different path. And there's a lot of factors and variables there, right? That's not like a black and white kind of thing to, to state, but we see it happening almost every single day now. Some new legislation being passed, some new breakthrough therapy. And for me, this has been the better part of half of my life. I've been interested in psychedelics and pursuing psychedelics and learning about the, the properties here. And so this is, this is the year where I've helped facilitate so many other people's transformations. And it's kind of like what my coming out party is that, is that what we'd call this? Yes, it's your coming out party. And yeah, I want to first touch on our last podcast with the sales and business was so many golden nuggets. So definitely check that out with business. And the fact that you went from sales to psychedelics, because I mean, I would text Colton on the side, hey, what is this? Is this legit? Or because I'm, I'm very, I'll say ignorant to this world. So I want to jump into the people who used to use the term self-medicated, right? People who self-medicate on marijuana, on alcohol, on even pills, right? It's, it's, it's the common theme as of late, let's numb. And what, I'm, what I read, and I shared this to you right before we, we hopped on, is that the pill epidemic has dropped. It's helped people stop being addicted to pills by getting introduced to the psychedelic world. Now, world. now I'm not saying they're transfer addicts, because that's not what I'm saying, what I'm doing, but it's helping them cope with whatever it was that they were using, were using with, with the pills, but now the psychedelics has helped them. And I just want to bring that to context. Can you explain, first off, somebody who is addicted, somebody who has that addict addictive personality, who goes from working out to pills to alcohol, and then the buck stops here with psychedelics, apparently. Can you kind of bring that to light or bring up your point of view and what I'm bringing up right now? Absolutely. I think... It's really important to keep in mind, hey, everything in moderation, and in this case, including moderation. Psychedelics are a spectrum. They're a scale, just like anything else. If we choose to villainize pills, if we choose to villainize alcohol, cannabis, whatever 
your vice or victor of choice, that's a paradigm you're viewing the world through. That's just a perspective and perspective is everything. I'll say here, I'm one of the few people that I think I have to continue to remind people alcohol gets villainized just as much, if not more than say opioids or pills, right? But let's all remember when we go out to those bars, you know, you're young 20 somethings and you're having belly laughs with your friends at the bar. It's fun. It's fun, right? It's it's right. not meant when in the prohibition era, doctors were prescribing alcohol. There's a function to be said for nearly everything we're choosing to villainize and a story to unravel. And so if we look at the story versus looking at the circumstance, it gives us to understand a chance to understand where it should be applied and how, right? right. So Hey, cool. We can look at psychedelics as an opportunity to unravel some of these other sticky situations we've gotten ourselves in. You know, maybe someone's hooked on opiates or, you know, maybe someone's an alcoholic and they're abusive, you know, self-harm, what have you. But really, it's not a magic pill. It just happens to have a lot less addictive qualities than some of these, you know, other modalities. But take cannabis. Cannabis is stated to have no real addictive qualities. Some studies show otherwise. But in the same way that if you were to wake up and have coffee every morning, caffeine, right? It's a drug. You're going to form a really addictive habit there. So it has addictive qualities because it's an altered state of consciousness. So my whole perspective on all of this is just that we shouldn't really necessarily villainize anything, opiates included. There's people in pain that it really, it really serves, you know, chronic back pain. Someone gets in a car accident and then we don't really have the understanding to help with nerve stuff just yet is, you know, mankind just, we're not quite there. And sometimes we need to fix the symptoms and we can't get to the root. So on the other side of that, Hey, what is really cool is these people that are stuck in a rut. Um, it does give them the window. It does give them the opportunity to kick out of that rut. It, it's a pattern break, so to speak. So it can, it can change their shoreline. It can change the way the tide comes in and out for them and give them opportunity to see what's not serving them. So I like to play kind of both ends of the spectrum there. You know, I'm not necessarily being devil's advocate, but I'm not going to just let people be a victim to circumstance and allow them to just, you know, sell out by saying, oh, we need something else to fix the problem. It's just another tool and toolkit. No, I love, I love that you said that, but unfortunately that's the reality today from what I hear a lot of. And, but you said something that I think a lot of people don't realize, but you're on that, you're in the bar with your friends or you're smoking, smoking some cannabis with, with, with your buddies, portion control, portion control. It all comes down to portion control. And the thing about it is excessive anything, excessive eating, forget about anything. I mean, have you ever eaten more than, you know, you should have, how do you feel like shit, the same situation I feel with anything that you try whether alcohol, whether, you know, pills or anything else. But I agree with you. Like they're, they're there for a reason uh, until they get abused. And that's where, that's how I learned about the psychedelic world was because obviously you've been you know, amazing, you know, informing me and teaching me a lot about it and re removing a lot of my ignorance about it. But the thing that appealed to me is, you know, we've both been in the coaching world. We've seen a lot of people and a lot of, I've, I've heard this firsthand a lot of people have stopped their addiction by just getting introduced to psychedelics. And I thought that was powerful. I was like, you know what? That is amazing that you had somebody, a story that somebody was struggling for alcohol for 15 years, 15 years, and then met somebody in the airport, in the airport, and just had a conversation. And all of a sudden they stopped taking 
uh, to stop drinking alcohol and then fixed everything up with their family. So no, am I saying psychedelics is the magic pill? Absolutely not. But if used correctly, it can be a fucking powerful, Colton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all in, well, I was going to say it's all in the use and the application, but th- there's variables there, right? I think a powerful disclaimer for the topic that we're on is that psychedelics are not for everybody. We may have mentioned that before, but I definitely want to make sure we mention it now exactly. is that it's a tool in the toolkit. So you look at the outcome you're after and you work backwards. And especially when you're talking about something where someone's a, a chronic alcoholic, maybe they just haven't had the opportunity to really sit in their stuff. Because we all have stuff and we're really, really great at avoiding it. And an analogy that I know, <laughs> you know, all too well for me using it is the hot hand, yes. right? <laughs> the coaching. So you have someone that can smell the fumes, aka their life. They can't make it work on time. They're, it seems like on a never ending treadmill of arguing with their spouse or loved ones, you know, they're gaining weight, whatever it is, they're not following through. Those are the fumes of smelling your hand on a hot fucking stove. Love that fucking analogy. Love that analogy, man. And so psychedelics are just an opportunity to shift your awareness. It's not changing anything. It's not creating any type of new circumstance. It's just shifting your awareness to something that your hand has been on fire for so long. It's not even throbbing anymore. That's your new normal. So there's certain terms attached to this, like neuroplasticity, where there's actual bio and physical, physiological components that are going on that are taking place inside your neural networks that are giving. So when you have two nerves, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think this is cool. You have two nerves to connect. They're connected by a thing called myelin, right? That's what insulates that connection. So in the same way, hey, baseball days, right? If Mm -hmm. you're practicing your swing or practicing your pitch and you're dialing it in at a certain point, you know, you go from middle school, high school, college levels, you can make some leaps and bounds in your progress. But at a certain point, you're after like 1% gains. Mm-hmm. One mile per hour is, you know, it's a like football game of inches, right? So anyway, I'm saying all that, say this, those networks between those nerves are insulated by a thing called myelin. In the same way that you would insulate a power cable outside, it improves the conductivity between these nerves. Now, what happens when you take something, say, like psilocybin or LSD, it steps in and allows those networks to be reconfigured in a way that potentially hadn't been considered before because it was so insulated. So this isn't, we're not just talking like theoretical terms. This is cutting edge science that's coming out to back. What was misunderstood before is just some hippy dippy recreational stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to people having the opportunity to shift their awareness and look at that hand that's been on fire, the other side of that is that these are what we call non-specific amplifiers. Okay. So if you've been wanting to make a change, well, guess what? That intention is going to be amplified. But if you've also been doing a lot of self-harm, negative talk, you're going to have to face that shit too. Yeah. <laughs> That voice is amplified as well. And so I've had some experiences that have personally brought me to my knees, have made me face my creator, face myself, sit with myself. And that's just not for everybody. But I will say, 
those are some of the experiences that define who I am and how and why I show up for people the way I do. I think it is deep in my empathy for the human experience and the shit that we all go through every day just to be here. It's a beautiful life to live, isn't it? But at the same time, it's fucking hard. Yeah, it is. And that is why I think it's so important that people understand that there's other outlets than what they used to numb. I It bothers me, Colton, so bad that people just don't want to feel as much. And you said it. It's like, yeah, I want to lean into my good, but it's like, oh no, I don't want to lean into my bad. Uh, I know somebody, person that we both know who just had a psychedelic journey and she shared with me how, like, just, I'm just going to say the word powerful thing. This is 30 plus year old female who things came up when she was five years old that she was holding on to Colton, five years old. And she was able to release it because it held her back according, you know, it was stuff that, you know, our, you know, my mentor Dean always says the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And it seemed like because we, because she, I should say, was so into, I'm not good enough because of that situation at five years old, it carried to over the 30 plus, you know, age and then realized that, wow, I've been lying to myself for 30 plus years holy shit. That's what I feel like is like, that's what I'm talking about as far as the realization leaning into what's holding you back. Because that's what I feel my definition of psychedelics or anybody that I know who's done psychedelics. I feel kind of what you said, it's not for everybody, but the people who have leaned into it, it was meant for them because they changed for the positive. That's all they wanted. But what you just said, they had to lean into their shit though which was the hardest part. So what, what's your take on that? I'm with it. I mean, it was similar things. What I love about what you're expressing there is that you can have a psychedelic experience and I've gone through hundreds of experiences and journeys, however we want to frame this or whatever we want to call it, and had no structure. And it wasn't until I had someone that stepped in that gave me some structure, aka integration, where it really started pulling the threads and picking apart stuff. And up to that point, I think we all have the journey we're meant to have to be where we're supposed to be to help show up, whatever it is. But what it did is it opened up for me frames and modalities that before weren't even in my scope of awareness. So sometimes, you know, people will go and try psychedelics and have these giant awarenesses, but then nothing no change comes from it. We'll look back and realize, oh snap, it was when I was 12 years old that that girl I liked or that boy I liked that led me on in, in school. And then, you know, I'm just making up something here, but maybe, maybe this is part of my stuff, right? And, and then all the all the little boys and girls giggled at school at me. And and now I I don't, you know, show up the same way when I want to express love to someone. So that could be the cause, that can be the root, but then what do we do about it? That, that's the key component. The awareness isn't enough. And the coaches that I'm learning, the mentorship that I've invested in over the last year is that integration is not optional. You will be integrating regardless of whether or not you choose to. It's just, are you going to do it properly? So you, are you going to have that awareness and then 
a new function comes out of it. Like you take a leg, you break your leg. Are you going to set that leg? Sometimes legs have to be rebroken to be set properly. Dude, I just had two knee surgeries. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? <laughs> yes. Do you have those awarenesses about being five, six, 10, eight, 12, 15? But then what do you do with it? Do you have someone holding you accountable, holding space for you to express? Because I don't know about you, brother, but oftentimes as a man, I need safety and vulnerability from other men. It's profound when I get it from, especially, you know, my spouse, my fiance. But when I have another man say, I see you, it, it just, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about some of the journeys I had where someone's just like, hey man, just be you. It's all good. Brotherly love. I grew up in a household where it was handshakes over hugs. You know, be yeah. a man. And so having those frames, having someone there to hold that space, that vulnerable space, or that accountability, when they catch you in your shit again and say, hey, didn't you say you didn't want to be that person? I think that's the other part of it that is, is really crucial in amplifying these effects and, and at least giving someone the opportunity to follow through on their truth or who they say they want to be. It's an opportunity, if anything. There you go. An opportunity. And and that's, that's what I love that. You, I love the way you broke that down because yeah, it is an, it is an opportunity, but it's also, it's like anything else that you do in life. It's, it's like, you're going to try psychedelics. You're going to try playing baseball. You're going to try playing football. In my opinion, you got to kind of know like what you're getting yourself into. Like baseball, you know, you're going to strike out before you're going to get some hits. It's going to happen every time. Anybody who's never played baseball, you're going to strike out. Sorry, fucking spoiler alert, right? But the thing about, and this is where like, I feel like your expertise as a psychedelics coach is going to help a lot of people because the term that I hear a lot of is microdosing. I have to microdose, 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 microdose. You know, a lot of close people in my life who are microdosing right now, you and I have shared and, and spoke offline. Can you educate the listeners here on microdosing versus the journey versus like the different types of, I guess, avenues you can go with, with psychedelics, but most importantly, kind of, I guess, elaborate on the microdosing because I hear, believe it or not in the coaching world, I got to try microdosing, but they don't really understand what the heck microdosing is. It's just kind of the new hot thing. And it's, this is where I'm, I hear Colton saying, be weary, know what you're doing before you get yourself into it. Don't just microdose just to microdose. And something that, once again, a close loved one tells me is that before they microdose, they have to say an intention. They say the intention and, and they microdose. What is your, what is your, 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 what is your feeling on that? I didn't. Yeah. So I don't know what I, you mean by, oh, Siri I didn't. Know. How about a web search for it? Wow. Siri's yeah. letting us know what she thinks about it, huh? <laughs> that was pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm glad I got my notepad here. That dude, I have ADD out the wazoo and that would have thrown oh. me for a loop. So with microdosing, yeah. Just just microdosing journey, like different avenues. Elaborate. Yeah, I got it. No, I, I was just shotting down a couple of thoughts to make sure I didn't lose it because Siri was like squirrel. Oh, so what is we'll go a couple levels with this, a couple levels deep. What is microdosing first off? And then, you know, how do you do it properly? Or you know, what's the difference between a microdose and a and a really big dose? You know, what yeah. are these terms? Yeah. I, Educate the listeners right now the difference between the microdosing, the journey, the macrodosing, the 
just the different types of avenues and yeah, start off by what, what is microdosing? Yeah, you could think of microdosing as a vitamin. Okay. So microdosing is, if you were to give it a textbook definition, is a sub-perceptual level of a psychoactive substance. So if you were to take, you know, and say the tab of acid, you know, ideally LSD, because I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms. And when you're defining these terms, right? If you were to take a little square, most people are familiar with seeing like the hippies take a 10th of that would kind of constitute as a microdose with psilocybin mushrooms. It could be, you know, somewhere between like 0.1 to 0.2 grams of psilocybin. The difficulty in all of this is that it's very difficult to standardize. And this is something that the pharmacological companies are really trying to come to grasp with as things are being rescheduled. These substances are going to be making their way into more mass availability is that if you and I grow the exact same mushroom, not that I'm condoning this, but if we were to grow the exact same psychedelic mushroom, yours could be more potent than mine. So your gram of mushroom could have more psilocybin, the active ingredient than mine. Same thing with that tab of acid. There's no real standardized square. And also it could have anywhere between 50 UGs of LSD to a hundred UGs. And so it just goes without saying it's a sub-perceptual. So it's a feeling into of sorts. And I recommend following a protocol. You can do like the Steinmetz stack or, you know, there's a lot of different kind of schedules that people take. I would Maybe say they- reach out to Colton about this before doing it. I mean, like just, I'm just plugging you in there right now. We'll have all this information later in the show notes, but that's what I'm going to say is talk to an expert like yourself. So shoot, buddy, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's all good. I have a free resource coming out and, and we'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but that's what a microdose is. It's, it's meant to be working in the background, not in front of your face. Now, as you go up to the scale, if we're going to just give it a couple stages, a couple of notches or levels, whatever resonates with you, you have a microdose and then let's say a dose, right? So at that point, you're talking a gram to gram and a half, and you're noticing there's a feeling that occurs. You're noticing that, okay, I feel distinctly different than I did prior to taking this substance. That would just be a dose. And then you can get into, let's say, a hero's dose. There could be stages in between this, but you know, for semantic sake, hero's dose is where you're going to be having that classic hero's journey. Mm-hmm. This, is, this occurs somewhere between three to four grams, and that's where you're being really confronted with your stuff. What do you mean by stuff? Elaborate mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, that stuff could be different for everybody, but it could be that hand on the stove. It could be that dream you've been wanting to pursue. It could be that conversation you've been wanting to have with a person you like. It could be, it could be a number of things. It can also be really enlightening. I mean, I like to paint both ends of the spectrum because I've played at both ends of the spectrum where you get an idea and you're like, holy shit, that is my purpose. And the other days you'll be confronted with you're not enough. And what opens up I don't believe in bad trips. And this was a perspective shift. This was a paradigm shift for me is that it's very difficult 
to be stuck in a loop of like, I'm not enough and understand how is that supposed to be good for me? But when everything settles and you're left with just what you are, all of your shit, all that stuff that came up just falls away and you give in, you realize, hey, I'm not enough. So by me, just being what I am is enough. It just cycles back through. And it, it's just this release, this let go. And when you finally let go, it's amazing what shows up. And oftentimes that, that's kind of the hero dose stage. And you could do like a mega dose. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's for our superheroes out there. But that's, you know, it's five gram plus territory. And that's where things get real wonky. No. Well, thank you very much for that explanation. Cause I was actually taking notes because I didn't stuff that I didn't know about it, but the, the, the crazy thing about with psychedelics that I'm, I'm learning. Cause I was talking to, I was talking to somebody and I brought up about like, you know, the psychedelic world. He was like, well, I got some shrooms in my, in my freezer that I could just take. And it's the same thing. And it's like that kind of unfortunate, that's kind of the perception people are having. It's like that, as you said, that, that, tablet that we would take the acid during the college days where it's completely, completely different. Now, this is amazing to me. And I have to ask you why now, why today, in your opinion, in just your opinion, are they starting to legalize psychedelics today versus yesterday and the day before? Like, why are they now starting to put an emphasis of, wow, this is actually legit. So what is your take on why, why is it now starting to get, in my opinion, the positive recognition that I feel it does deserve? Because all the time, kind of like what you said about the alcohol and the pills, you kind of hear like the negative thing. We don't look at that, that the, the happy part of it. But with the psychedelics, why do you feel that they're starting to legalize them? I know Colorado and Oregon, and I could be wrong, right? Those are the first two? Well, Denver, right? So you have more like local mun municipalities legalizing it first and Oakland. I believe there's so it's not state driven. Colorado just passed legalization. You said Denver and Oakland, but not California. Well, initially it was Denver that decriminalized possession of psychedelics. Well, psilocybin. So we also have to define what's a psychedelic versus you know what's a mushroom. Yes. Okay. My, yes. Because my next question. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a couple things in here. So, and why now? Just so I don't forget. I want to go back to earlier when you brought up the microdose and the, in the intention, right? So is it, is it really the microdose that's doing it or is it no. the intention? It's the intention. I believe, I believe mind right. over, mind over everything. And in, in my opinion, it's, it's kind of like the sugar pill. It's like, if I give you this Colton, it's going to give you confidence and you're going to take it and you're going to be like, Oh, shit, I got confidence. Thanks Amar. And I'm like, no, it was actually you the whole time. Like, that's just my opinion on a lot of it. Exactly. Most of the modalities, and when I say modalities, most, most of the methods, there's a subtle difference there. Most of the methods we're describing here are really nothing more than a opportunity for you to return to your own wisdom. Any of the things we're describing here, you, psychedelics are not a prerequisite. They're not a requirement to achieve. Mm -hmm. All of these states can be achieved on your own. They're very natural means. So to work with me to receive psychedelic coaching, psychedelics, ironically, don't have to be a vital component to get the coaching. So 
It's just a shortcut of sorts. So when you look at, hey, what's the active ingredient here? It's you. It's the intention. It's you showing up. Actually just creating the space, giving yourself the opportunity to sit with some of the stuff. Now, what's a psychedelic, right? A psychedelic can be defined as something that um, distinctly creates a hallucinogenic or altered state of consciousness. Not to be confused with something like, let's say, heroin, okay, or ketamine. Ketamine would be classified as a dissociative, so creating dissociated states like alcohol, but also having some psychedelic components to it. Opiates are going to be painkillers, so that's going to be more defined as like euphoria. So you have these different buckets that we can put these substances into. So when we're talking about psychedelics, we really want to kind of stick towards, and you have entheogens, you have all kinds of things that nestle in under this umbrella of a psychedelic, but your classic psychedelics are going to be LSD, psilocybin, aka mushrooms, peyote, so mescaline, and DMT. Those are the ones, you know, just to create a frame of reference here is what we're really describing. And depending on the use, the use case is what you're going to look for. So if you want more of a spiritual connection, I'd recommend DMT. Funny fact, that's how Abby and I fell in love, right? During, during one of those experiences. So that's out of body. That's a transmuting of soul into other dimensions. You're not typically going to get that on mushrooms. That's going to be more of like a nature feel. You're going to be connected to the ether that creates whatever this is. LSD is going to be, so they're all going to have kind of their own, it's kind of long-winded as saying, you know, long-winded definition of saying they're all going to have their own kind of properties and based on what is coming up, tool, the toolkit, right? So there's tools inside of this toolkit, so to speak. That's, that's a great explanation. I love, I love the way you also said like how they all kind of have their own little highways, like their own little paths of what they help yeah. for. Shout out to Abby. Were you guys, you know, being able to connect on that level. And that, that's what I love about, I, that's why I love learning about this as even talking to you, because I heard something the other day, I was talking to a like 60 year old woman and she brought up psychedelics and said, yeah, but I'm too old for that shit. Mm -hmm. But she was interested in it. What is your advice about, just what are your advice about age? Anybody who thinks they're too old and too young, but are flirting with the idea. Is it bullshit? I always look at else? age as like, come on, man. Like, who are you kidding? Like there is no, yeah, the, it, when it comes to age, there are certain things to be on the lookout for, right? Like if someone was suffering from hypertension or like heart problems, or, you know, stuff like that, like any of the people that I'm going to be like classically taking and shepherding through a journey, we got to go through medical background and, and make sure we're doing our due diligence, but you know, you can, you can activate a lot of these states even without psychedelics. So yeah. Hey, I'm interested in psychedelics. It's like, cool. Let's try out holotropic breath work. That's going to induce DMT states, right? Or meditation. You know, there, there's a lot of euphoria that comes from meditative practices. So Again, we can define psychedelics as the substances that we're consuming to induce certain states, but we can also take psychedelic states 
and induce them through natural means. So, you know, you don't have to take the cop out of like, oh, you know, because there's a lot of someone that's 60. I mean, imagine being 60. You know, you're born in what would be like 1940. Yeah. 1950 at this point, I think. All right. 1950. Yeah. And psychedelics being outlawed in 1956. Mm. The last psychedelic being consumed in 1962. So imagine being grown up. Yeah. You're growing up in that, in that world. War on drugs. Oh, yeah. It's going gonna, gonna to shape your perspective a bit. Mm-hmm. But you said breath work. And I had my first experience a couple of years ago doing it, you know, at one of our mastermind events with Robin Dean. And we I think uh, that was my first one. Oh, you did it. Okay. And I remember this is crazy, but I remember hitting my hand, banging, bang. You were next to me. You were next to me the whole yeah. time. That's right. Holy shit. <laughs> But, and then I remember asking about it to Steve, the guy who conducted it. And it was because apparently when I get nervous, like the steering wheel or if I'm, I tend to clench my fist as I'm showing you right now. And I could not even close my fist because of how much I was banging. And it was through that experience. And if anybody has not tried breath work or worked with a professional, and I, I urge you to, is that something that you're going to be coaching on as well? just not currently. Okay. You know, that that's something that like, Hey, I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not, you know, I've had amazing experiences on it, but I'm going to defer to other friends that I have that are experts in that. See, that's what I love about you. You're sticking in your genius zone. You're not trying to have that big menu of 77 different things. You're, you're just sticking to your genius zone. And something that I want you to just kind of elaborate is about mindset. Cause we talk about mindset all the time. And it's like, Positive mindset, negative mindset, you know, just as far as fixed mindset versus what's the other one, fixed versus unfixed, I guess I'll say, I'll do like that. But with that being said, the mindset into just in general in life, you talk about limited beliefs, you talk about like, there's a lot of things, obviously, that you are, you are just amazing at a ninja at with, with limited beliefs, with, with negative mindsets. So somebody right now who's here in this podcast, right? And I'm going to use the word just curious, right? I'm curious about this whole psychedelic world. I'm curious about everything that Colton had to say with the, you know, the explanation between the micro, the microdosing and everything else. So I guess where I'm getting at with the mindset over here is like, if you are right now, if they're struggling right now and they, they have that, I'm going to say shitty negative mindset, like, yeah, I want to do it, whether or not it's psychedelics or just a job, whether a goal, a career or passion, right? But they're held back because of the voices in their head. What is your advice to them? And how can just, they can take, you use the term 1% better, one step forward. Like what can they do that they're living in their shit right now and they're stuck? And we just want to know how to get unstuck. Yeah. Appreciate that question. That's a real one. My my answer would probably just be as real. It's like, have you had enough? Have you had enough? Like, are you just at the point where enough's enough? Because we can sit here, sit pretty and, and talk about mindset, this, that, and the other, but nothing's going to change until you decide to change it. It's like, how much money do you think the fitness industry turns over every year? It's got to be something insane. Billions. Billions and billions of dollars, right? Acting like there's a fucking secret to losing weight. <laughs> like, are we just going to kid ourselves? We don't know the secret. <laughs> Eat green stuff and pick stuff up, put it down again, or just do this with your legs. One in front of the <laughs> other again and again and again. That's it. 
Now that's a very crude reduction. You know, if you want a certain physique or if you want, you know, a real particular outcome, but if you just want to lose some weight, you don't need to really figure it out. Don't eat sugar. There's, there's no one that doesn't understand guzzling down Coca-Cola is not good for you. Or that eating at Golden Corral might not have like the highest nutritional intake. So like, if you are just like, I don't know what to do, that's okay. But you said something, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said something where it's like, they know, they know Golden Corral is not good, but they still go. Or shouts out to Golden Corral. I I do. I no love no no disrespect to Golden Corral. Shout I out love man. dude. Those a lot walls. of great evenings in Golden Corral. Oh my god! But you know, like Burger King, like come on, I'm a McDonald's guy. I gotta be honest. You know, I hate the both of them. But like, if you're in a Burger King, you're you're at rock bottom. Let's make a change. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm kidding. So anyway, sorry I cut you off. But hey, they're just... not sponsoring the podcast, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to shout out those rolls from Golden Corral though. <laughs> So, so yeah, what I was getting at is that like, so you got that person who is, wants to not eat unhealthy, mm-hmm. wants to work out, wants to just once again, be better, but they yeah. end up somehow going to that unhealthy path. They end up doing the stuff that they said they don't want to do. Even you talk about fitness, they want to exercise, but they find reasons not to exercise. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I got kids. All the excuse possible is that tell them that make them feel validated for them not doing it. What's your advice? So first is just getting clear on is enough enough. Some people got to say, figure out your why. I often find that I'm a thinker. If I have to think about the why behind everything, it just, it gives me another thing to procrastinate with. I find getting into action is the fastest form of making a change in any area of my life. So I actually thought about this in the shower the other day. Here's something fun. I don't know if you have the shower notepad. No, I don't have a shower notepad. Dude, I love it. So it's called Aqua Notes, and Aqua. it just sticks on the inside of your shower because when I'm just hanging out, taking a shower or taking a poop, that's when I get my best ideas and I got to capture them, right? And then there's actually some fun science behind that. But anyway, so I'm there and I'm thinking how often do we get a whisper of inspiration and not tune in, not turn up the volume on that? So this kind of relates, and I'm going to build this out because I'm a big fan of thinking in what are those ideograms where you're like finding an analogy and you're figuring out alliterate alliterate words that will go together. I've flubbed some of that up. But anyway, here's the idea, right? So if you were to like, hey, how do I make a change? Well, we all have access to Google. So just break it down. If you need some steps in order, here's what, here's what it is, right? The www dot is a whisper recognizing what was it and now what am I going to do about it? Listen to the whisper, recognize what that whisper was and determine what you're going to do about it. Now, www dot, we put in the website here, right? You can put in Google, but you can think of this as like, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to search for answers. So... Listen to the whisper, turn the volume up, determine, hey, what's that whisper all about? What am I going to do about it? Go out, look for the answers to that whisper. Just Googling. We have more information or fingertips than ever before. There's not just not an excuse for at least taking action. It's probably not going to be the right action or the most efficient action, but it will get you closer to your goal. 
Yeah, I love I love that. Keep going, keep going. I hear you. I see the dot com. I haven't figured out. I haven't figured out (laughs) the dot com. But what I used to do with my coaching clients is that here's the four stages. If you want something more tactical, something more polished, is you want to look at okay, hey, if I need to define a goal, I want to make a change. Look at a value driven goal. So first, determining what your values are. Is it that hey, in 2023, you want to be more fit? You want to have more fun. You want to have more freedom. All this happen to have Fs. You know, you want to spend more time with your family. So whatever it is, determine your values. And then you set value-driven goals based off of those values. Meaning, hey, I want to spend more time with my family. Okay, so that goal could look like no matter what, drop dead cold, two hours, you know, two nights out of the week are being spent with the family just family time. If it's being fit, it's no matter what, four days out of the week, I'm getting in the gym, three days out of the week, whatever it is, those are your goals. You follow that up with accountability. So you're hiring a coach, you're speaking to your friends about this, you're making it public. Ideally, you're putting skin in the game with the accountability. Some examples of that are, hey, I put my life savings on the line with what a coach that I hired. I wrote them a check for my life savings. And I said, hey, if I don't show up to this gym three days a week, for the next three months, you can cash this to whatever charity you want. She was literally shaking, taking the check. Wow. But you think I showed up? You're damn right. And then after the accountability, you look at the outcome on a predetermined basis. So maybe that's a month or two or three months. You look back and you review your outcomes and you iterate. So there's really no sexy acronym there. It's kind of four stages, right? Determine your values, have value-driven goals value-based goals, you get some accountability. And then after a while, you look at your outcome and you just keep cycling back through that. Damn, dude, I love that. I'm going to use that. That's actually really, really good. And, you know, and the thing too, is to be specific with it as well. Like, as you said, you know, like how much weight do you want to lose? How much, you know, how much time do you actually want to spend and, and, and get in that specific So I love, love, love that, that you, you do that in there. So Colton, as we wrap this up, brother, What's next for you, my man? Talk to talk to us. And most importantly, I know you're not just working with, let's be clear, I know you're not working just with just with psychedelics. So let because you're a psychedelics coach. So let everybody know first off what you got going on next and who do you work with? Yeah. And thanks for, for asking that. So what I have next, I mean, this is gonna be the fun part is that if this is something you're interested in or want to tag along in my journey. Following me on the socials is probably going to be the best thing to do. So at Colton DM is the best place to find me on Instagram. I've been tapped, you know, it's funny since stepping away from my former role, I've been tapped quite a few times with really cool and interesting projects, but none of it was truly aligned to what I want to do and what I feel like is my truth, my mission. And so there's a couple things I'm entertaining. There's a couple organizations I'm really excited about partnering with. There's some really exciting things budding on the horizon with my podcast. We have, I don't know if you're familiar with, well, I, I don't really want to say names because it's exciting. There, There's announcements coming, but yeah. So there's some really big things that I'm excited about that have been in a long time coming and I just decided to turn the volume up on it. But the people that I'm choosing to work with, I'm opening up a couple more slots in my coaching to work with someone that is ideally very driven, wants to be held accountable, 
and isn't married just to the idea of psychedelics being the end all cure all. So I don't know when this episode is going to come out. I don't know if those slots are still going to be available, but if they are, if someone finds me say on Instagram, my website's in progress and I'm not a big fan on, on that. Cause it just feels like really impersonal anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you go find me on Instagram, we'll see if those slots are available. I should have like a link tree should still be up and, and people can apply and see if we'd be a good fit. Awesome. And what we'll do is we'll make sure we add it to the show notes as well as if the website's ready on time, we can always update it whether or not, you know, it airs or doesn't. So we'll make sure of that, but Colton brother, thank you so much for taking time out of once again, your crazy busy schedule to hop onto the podcast and most importantly, give value to the listeners and educate because I mean, you just said it beautifully. And I really do feel that people are going to walk away after listening to this episode with some nuggets and some life life learning lessons. And hopefully oh, before we yeah. go, by the way, one oh. one more thing, Amar, everyone that's listening to this, if you, if you are curious, I did put together a free resource called the 10 commandments of trying psychedelics. And so that is available. That will always be available. There will be coming a microdose resource as well, available for free, as well as an opportunity to join my microdosing community. That will be a paid commitment, but as far as on how to do microdosing, that'll be available as well. But yeah, if you find my Instagram, go to the link tree. You also can download the 10 commandments of psychedelics for free. Yeah. And I I saw that and it is awesome. So I'm very, very excited for you. Do you like it? I loved it. Are you kidding me? I loved it. I told you I'm learning a lot about this world and I appreciate you even doing that. So we're going to have everything on the show notes. So dude, love you, brother. Appreciate you more than you know to take time to hop on and just jam out with me, man. Hey, I'm glad you had me, man. I love you, brother. Love you too, brother. Well, that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up and listening. Please make sure you hit on the subscribe button so you never, ever miss out and share this with your family, friends, and tribes. And you think this is valuable? Tag me at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you all have an amazing, amazing rest of your day.